This is episode 22 with Martin Waxman. Welcome to the Capitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you take any idea and making it a reality. Here's the man who did it and now teaches it, Justin Escar. What's up, everybody? It is December. It is cold. I don't like the cold, but that's okay. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving if they celebrated it and is getting ready for the holiday season, preparing themselves for the end of the year and, of course, for the start of next year uh, with like only a couple days left. This is a great time to get yourself set up and ready to go for 2015. Today's episode, we have Martin Waxman on. I met Martin at South by Southwest. I actually went to a presentation of his. Um, he is a digital and communication strategist, and he talks today about content and how to build content for your for your site, for your product, because you have to remember when you're, when you're coming up with an idea, part of the thing you need to think about is how you're going to market that idea. You're not going to just going to say, here's my idea world and hope for the best and hope that people buy your product or buy your service or buy your your app or whatever. No, you have to do marketing. And in order to do marketing, you have to create content. And with today's world, with the way the internet works, content on your website is one of the best ways of doing free marketing. Now, is it technically 100% free? No, because you have to put in your time and time is money and sure. But content is key. And everyone who's in social media, everyone who's in marketing will say the same thing. Content is key. So uh, I had Martin on today. I talked to him about how to come up with new content because look, I have a lot of content I need to write. And sometimes I get, you know, writer's block or creativity block or whatever you want to call it. And we really go into the depths of like how to target your content, how to write new content, how not, and don't forget content is only words, right? Content can also be movies and like this podcast, this is content or uh, interactions with people on Twitter or, you know, guest posting on other sites um, or having people guest post on your site. So there's a lot that's involved with how to create this content and all this content you're building builds up your marketing, builds up people's ability to learn more about your product, right? You're not going to just like I said, you're not just going to put that product out there and hope for the best. You're going to put this product out there and you're going to talk about things that why your product is good, but not in a salesy way. You're going to talk about other other components to your product and how they interact in the world. For me, for example, when I talk about sign my pad, I don't talk about necessarily using sign my pad on the iPad. I talk about how people should be moving to electronic documents, how to organize PDFs properly on their computer. Now, I don't, SignMyPad is not a PDF organizer, right? Uh, it's just a, a signature program. But if you teach people how to use other components that your product can be a part of, then you've now created one, content for them to read, and two, this thing in their mind going, oh, well, if I can organize my PDFs, I should think about going paperless. And if I can if I can go paperless, I can use programs like SignMyPad and so on and so forth. So I'm going to stop blabbing at this point, and I want you guys to listen to this interview with uh, Martin Waxman. It's really great, and uh, I'm so glad he was on. And take a listen. I am super excited about my guest tonight. I met him at the South by Southwest Venture to Venture, like I bring on a lot of guests from there. 
Uh, it's Mr. Martin Waxman, digital and communication strategist and president of Martin Waxman Communications. Martin, how are you? Good, but none of that is true. No, I'm just kidding. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> good to talk to you, Justin. Good. It's good to, to catch up. Um, so you and I, we I went to one of your sessions at South By. Um, it's what the cool people call South By Southwest Venture to Venture. It's too long, so we say South By. And um, you did this awesome presentation on content. I really kind of feel Thank like you. we need to get that out there a little bit more. And I, I wanted to talk to you today about content for the Appetalizers. Um, the the Appetalizer group is all about entrepreneurship, all, all about bringing new ideas to life. And one thing that people need to learn about is how to create content for whether it's their website or their press release or whatever it is. Yep. And I want I want you to school us. Okay. Well, we have uh, three hours here, so we'll start <laughs> at the beginning. No, I think content is a really important thing uh, for organizations of all shapes and sizes, whether public, private, entrepreneurs. And it's actually a great thing for entrepreneurs because um, so many startups – will think about, say, PR, which is a, a form of content amplification, and say, I want to get into TechCrunch, or I want to get into The Verge, or Mashable, or whatever it is, not thinking about what really their long-term goals are. And so they get that hit if they're lucky, and oftentimes, you know, you can get that first one just on the basis of sheer energy, the fact that you're new, you're launching, you know, you've got an idea, but then after a couple days, you know, all that excitement and interest peters off. And the only people who are calling or getting in touch with you are people who are trying to sell you things because they think you've got money. So the whole notion of content is how do you figure out how you can tell your story across many platforms over time and do it really effectively in a way that you're engaging your community, you're not selling them, and uh, you're giving them something that they can't get anywhere else. Wow, that was a lot. Um... Yeah, I'll make the answer shorter. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. You know, because for anyone who doesn't know, like, as the guest, there's no pre-assigned, we have no pre-assigned questions. I take notes as the guest is talking and I write stuff down. So I want to back up a little bit. Okay, so so there was a couple things I want to hit on. One was the, the one the one hit wonder kind of thing. Because um, yeah. that happened to me, right? We had a problem with our app and, and we got on Wired and we did amazingly well for the one day it was on Wired and then it all teetered off. So that is very true it happens to a lot of people but let's let's talk about something more important which is the engaging part yeah. how do you how do you as a as a new product as a new service as a new company how do you engage with your customer well really it goes back to what you were saying uh, Justin at the beginning of this podcast and sort of how you determine the length of the podcast and that is you start thinking about life from your customer's perspective or from your audience's perspective. What do they need? What are they missing? And how can you solve a problem for their, for them? It, and it's, it's not about push, push, push. It's really about um, get, giving them something that makes their day easier, better, more interesting, entertaining. And if you can combine all of those things, wow, you know, you, you'll get people coming back. So, the part that you're talking about is something we we, have, we weren't recording at that point, but I'll just cue people in, which is Martin and I were discussing the length of the episode, and which is why I do 30-minute episodes. And I had said, for most most people, a 30-minute podcast is great because you can listen to it on your commute, 
Um, I have a 45-minute commute, and whenever I listen to a one-hour podcast, I always have to get cut off, and I have problems trying to figure out where I was and whatever. But most people wouldn't commute more than 30 minutes, so the idea here is that I'm thinking about my audience, and I'm tailoring my, let's call this a message for them, right? Yeah. No, it's really important. And, you know, I, I'm also a podcaster. Small plug alert. Uh, it's called <laughs> Plug Insight. Away. Yeah, it's called Inside PR. And it's all about the world of social media and communications. I have two co-hosts, which makes it really, really easy. And when the podcast started, um, it was two other hosts, and then I joined them. And it was just rambly. It was interesting. That was part of its charm. Sometimes we'd go on for 45 minutes, an hour, an hour, and 10 minutes. And, you know, you could see by the analytics where people were just kind of dropping off. And so we decided, you know, let's package ours into a 15-minute. So just like 30 minutes, you think about how people are going to consume it, and you make something that fits their schedule. And that, that ties back to what we were saying about content uh, from the audience or from the customer's point of view. So obviously not everyone's going to do a podcast, right? No. So what other ways, I mean, most people think, Content is really only related to blogging. You know, what else is there that people can do? Well, content really is everything. I mean, if you think about what content is, yeah, it's a podcast, yes, it's a blog, it's a news release, it's a piece of marketing that you produce, it's a brochure, it's an ad, it's actually a booth at a trade show, it is um, what your salespeople say to prospective customers, it's a white paper, it's a video. I mean, it, Content is pretty much all your stories online and off. And you need to pick and choose what you can manage because when you're, especially when you're a startup, you've got limited resources. But you, so you want to figure out where your audience is, go there and give them amazing stuff. But how does, somebody, how does somebody figure out where their audience is? I think Obviously, they should know it, but like, let's say they don't. I think you want to ask them. And also, that's where social listening comes in. I mean, you can search, say, on Twitter, for example, hashtags or conversations that your customers are having. You can follow them. You can see what they're talking about. And all of a sudden, you can see where they are active and where they're not active. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that everybody thought the social media answer was Facebook. And it is in some ways. But, you know, Facebook, like every other social media platform, um, is business at least is now or is trying to be in Facebook's and there to make money and they make money by selling ads. So organic search on Facebook has gone way down and if you spent a lot of time building a community there, you're not able to reach them as well as you did before unless you're paying for it. And that's an issue. So you need to figure out where your audience is and also how to bring them back to your home, your hub, so to speak, whether that's your website, your blog, your newsroom, or some combination of all three. So what social media platform do you think would be good for organic um, listings, since Facebook is pay, pretty much pay now? Well, I think right now, Twitter is really great. Okay. Um, again, if your audience is there, I think LinkedIn's new publishing platform offers some amazing opportunities to connect with people and you can repurpose co uh, content so you can have something on your blog you can have it in a white paper maybe you know have a guest post uh, that you've done for someone and then you can republish that on LinkedIn and promote it there so you're really hitting people at different times with the same piece of content um, there's a great concept I read about called the replay web 
And what the replay web is, uh, is it is that news is new not when it's first released, but it's new when you find it. And that's how you can kind of reuse or reimagine some of the things you create so that you don't have to constantly be turning out lots and lots and lots of stuff. You can slice and dice them too. You know, how do you take this white paper and turn it into a few blog posts? How do you turn that into something on LinkedIn? How do you turn it into maybe some tweets? You know, right. different things like that. So one of those things that you mentioned was about the timing. And, and this is kind of important. I, I've told people about this before, which is like, if you know your audience, let's say you've gotten past the problem of knowing your audience, which we'll come back yeah. to, but let's say you, you know your audience and you know what time they're going to be active, make sure you're tweeting during that time. Right. Right. If you're going to tweet to, let's say, uh, stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads who take care of the kids, don't try to tweet at them between, let's say, 6.30 and 9 a.m. when they're trying to get the kids ready for school or like between 3 and 5 p.m. when they're trying to get the kids home and snacked and, and doing their homework. Get them at what they have a chance to be on Twitter, which would be like middle of the day or like very late at night when all the kids would be sleeping. Um, so that's also kind of important, right? Oh, yeah. And really, you can go back to that old joke, you know, what's the secret of comedy timing? Right. Although I didn't tell it right, because you, you have to ask me what the secret of comedy is. That's okay. I was a stand-up comedian, and I failed at it, so I wouldn't okay. know. Um, me too. Wow, isn't that a coincidence? Oh, that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, but timing is really, really important. In the same way that in traditional public relations, timing was so important. And if you knew a journalist is on deadline, at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, you might have been trying to get that journalist for two weeks. You get them at 3.30 and they say, I'm on deadline, don't pitch them because that's the best way to ruin any chance of a relationship. So think about timing. Another thing in the notion of timing, especially for uh, startups that are looking for a more global audience, is to remember that not everyone operates on Eastern time or Pacific time. You know, we in North America think that, you know, business hours are when we're doing business, but people are doing business around the world at different times. And don't forget that. And that's where tools like Hootsuite, for example, or Buffer are fantastic because you can schedule posts to go off, you know, when we're sleeping, but when your customers are awake. And that's, again, a, w a way of thinking about them. Right. Now, you just have to make sure that you do respond to them in a timely manner, knowing that, you know, you're not going to get up at three in the morning with a notification of a tweet because otherwise you'll drive yourself nuts. Right. And those tools are also, I mean, Hootsuite's a really good tool because it's also an aggregator where you can pull in multiple things at one time, not only scheduling. Yes. Um, I was, I mean, I come from a different school. Of thought. I was, was told that scheduling tweets wasn't a good thing. I mean, I understand the benefit here, like do it for, for people in another country or your time zone. But I feel like a lot of people took that to the farthest extent and would schedule, let's say, like 10 tweets for the week for their own time zone. Like, do you, it, was that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? Do you not care about that? I, I'm not a fan of that. Right. I'm not a fan of fully automated social media because one of the great things about it is it's social. It's, you know, people interacting with other people, whether in person or online or a combination. Um, but I think there are times when scheduling are, are good. Well, I'll tell you a couple times I do them. One, if I really am trying to reach people, say, in Australia, 
-hmm. you know, when they're up, then I will schedule, say, one or two tweets. Another time I do it is um, I read a lot of blogs in the morning. And so I get, you know, a number of ideas for tweets. I don't want to push them all out there at 8.30 or 8.45. So I will schedule those, knowing that I jump in after they've been uh, posted just to interact with people who are interacting with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing with social media because you need to participate, you need to be online, but you can do it strategically so that you're online a few times a day and interacting, you know, again, when your customers are or when you're posting content. And this is, this is, the, this is where that fine line is between being on... And, and taking care of your customers and getting your message right at the right time. Yeah. And 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 either A, underdoing it, or B, way overdoing it. Because there are people, I mean, I'm on Twitter all day long, but that's only because I manage 15 accounts and it's different content. But that gets, re- like some people get a little frantic about that. Yeah, they really do. And you have to remember that you've got a whole other job. If you're an entrepreneur, your job is whatever you've created, whether it's an app, whether it's a food truck, whatever whatever you've built. Mm -hmm. Um, And so social media is a part of that in the way that marketing or building your customer base is a part of that. But, you, you know, if you do that to the exclusion of everything else, you'll find out pretty soon that your business is neglected and you won't have too many customers. You may have a big following on Twitter, but not too many customers. Getting back, though, to what you were saying about timing, I was at a conference and I saw this panel, and this this is something I actually had not seen before. And at first, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And then I thought, you know, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And that is one of the people on the panel, they would say something and clearly they had someone in the audience who was listening to them because as soon as a person said it, someone in the audience tweeted it from that person's Twitter account as if, you know, they said it and it appeared on Twitter under the hashtag of the conference so everyone could see it. That wow, interesting way of promoting themselves and their voice even though they're sitting up there that's not enough they've got to extend it and maybe that's a good strategy i don't know wait so somebody was somebody was tweeting on behalf of the person who was presenting yes oh i thought they were i thought you said they were tweeting it like and taking the content as their own which would be bad but no 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 no, i see what you're saying so he's not only doing it for live he's also doing it on twitter at almost the same time yes but without actually breaking from the live Right. So if you're watching the live and the Twitter feed, it was a very strange thing to see because there'd be a comment and boom, it would be on Twitter. Oh, that is interesting. That's a really cool trick uh, if you ever get in front of an audience, which I think a lot of people have a hard time getting to that point in the first place. Yeah. If you get and you have a really good friend who isn't going to have fun with you. Right. All right. So let's talk. Let's go back a little bit more about content itself. Okay. Yep. So, so. You understand, so people understand who their audience is. They're coming up with their product. They get who their audience is. They see on Twitter people using hashtags that are related to their product. That What do they do? Do they just go and start writing blog posts to answer them and just hit everybody with, hey, I wrote this blog post? Do they respond to those people? Should they write multiple blog posts? Should they write, should they just do pictures? Like what, what is, because content is such a big concept and literally we could probably be here for three hours talking about it. Oh yeah. And, and not only content, I mean, you said pictures, visual content is really, really 
big now and and bigger than ever. So you need to figure out how do you make whatever you are making into something visual, whether it is a video or an infographic or has images attached to it, something that captures our attention and also is easily consumed on a mobile device. That's because, key. yeah, um, I heard some Comscore numbers recently, and that is that 64% of the time Americans spend online is spent on a mobile device. Wow. That's a big shift. Now, interesting, I'm from uh, Canada. In Canada, we're lagging behind that. We're at 49%, but we'll catch up because, right. you know, that's really where everything is. So that that's, again, something to think about when they're creating whatever pieces of content they're creating to make sure that uh, it is consumable on a mobile device. A mobile device, obviously, we're talking about not only iPhones or phones, but we're also talking about all the tablets. I mean, there's thousands yeah. of tablets. Um, but... If you're building for those devices, right? But the the real question comes down to is still, how does someone keep coming up with content? I know for myself, I run into creative blocks all the time. Well, there's a guy named uh, Marcus Sheridan, the sales line, and uh, he used to sell swimming pools. He and somebody sold swimming pools. And uh, a lot of people finance swimming pools by taking out, you know, equity mortgage on their house. You know, you've got equity. You want a pool, you borrow some money. Well, the recession of 2008 came along and all of a sudden people not only had equity, they had zero equity and he thought he's going to lose his business. But he also thought there are other people who are buying pools. So how does he capture those other people? And he's he was a sales guy. He just started answering his customers' questions. And that's something that, you know, every startup person knows your customers have questions and they have problems, they have issues. Write a blog post or do a short video that addresses what they can do to that. You uh, tag it. You, the headline can be in the form of a question or in the form of you know what the problem is. And all of a sudden, you start showing up on search when your customers are uh, looking for something. And that's where you want to be at that zero moment of truth. You know that moment where people realize, hmm. I've got an issue. I need something solved. I'm going to search. You want to be there. And content is the greatest way of getting there. That's really interesting because I was just thinking, as you were saying this, I'm thinking about, you know, for our app, for our big app, Sign My Pad, with our new version, there's, people are still having some issues. And I apologize to them if they're listening. But um, it's interesting to do like a blog post to answer their questions as opposed to just responding to the email questions all the time yeah. because clearly someone eventually will type in you know how do I whatever and and the blog post will be there and then that'll drive them to that and that's just another avenue to keep them on the site or keep them using the program because if we help them they're going to like it better and then maybe you know tell more friends about the app and then just like oh by the way this small little issue but they covered it yeah and and not only that if you think about it this way you get people to ask you questions. Ginny Dietrich, who uh, runs Armin Dietrich and has a blog called Spin Sucks, fantastic blog on uh, marketing communications and social media. She has a Facebook question of the week, and she gets her community on Facebook to ask a question. She picks a question um, that they're having. She answers it on video. She posts that in a blog post. She transcribes it. So suddenly you're getting Google juice. There are tweets that come out of that. And all of a sudden, you know, just from spending 20 minutes answering a question and then posting it online and transcribing it, she's getting a lot of great um, hits 
but also helping our customers who start to think of her. And you know, that just keeps amplifying itself. Right. Um, and these are these things, these, these, all these posts add up and they just yep. keep building and building and building. And the next thing you know, what you can do with these posts, this is a little trick that, that uh, I don't know if you know Pat Flynn from the Smart Passive Income. Yes. But this is what he did was he took all these blog posts and he put them together and he wrote an ebook. Yep. And now, while yes, the content is free, he changed up some of the content and added a couple things. And now he's making, you know, four or five bucks. And every time he sells a, a book and people know who he is and now he's built a brand around that. Yeah. And ebooks are great. And if you can figure out a way of writing an ebook that has video in it, so a, sort of a multimedia ebook, you know, it's a lot easier to, to once you get used to uh, talking in front of a camera or your computer screen, which is an easy way of doing it, it's a lot easier to talk in a video or say on a podcast than it is to actually sit there and write for many, many, many people. So that's a way of producing things of value. Right. Um, the to, If anybody's questioning, the video in a book thing is actually capable of being done if you do an iBook. Um, yep. You could actually build the video right in or if you're going to do like a Kindle version, you can you can do a link to the video and most color Kindles will then like kick you off to like YouTube or Vimeo or something like that. Yeah, and you can also do a kind of version of an ebook slash slide deck on SlideShare. What do I mean? You know, uh, well, you, your ebook can be on SlideShare. You can't really sell it there, but if it's something that you're using as a lead generator to give away, you can produce the whole thing in SlideShare. Oh, I see. So, like the chapters would be the slides or whatever. Yeah, it is. that's interesting. And and it gives it a nice visual look too. Right. Yeah, we just did a slide share for the first time. We did an infographic for my consulting company, um, called like the top ten ways to like properly use your email. And we did it as a slide. We cut up the infographic and then we put each one in SlideShare. SlideShare was inter- It was an interesting thing. We've never done SlideShare before. Um, I hear there's a lot of there's good SEO from that. Yes, and also LinkedIn owns it, so you can add it to your LinkedIn personal profile, your LinkedIn business page. I mean, there's some really interesting things you can do with that. Um, Brian Solis, who you probably know, who's a, has written a number of books on marketing. He's a marketer at, at an analyst at Altimeter, and um, Gaping Void, Human Cloud, did an ebook that they released on um, on PR on uh, SlideShare a few right. weeks ago. Really interesting. That's interesting. And going back to, let's go back to the video thing. Just the only reason I know this stuff is actually I'm, I'm helping um, a restaurant in Italy do a cookbook and we're actually going to do like a multimedia cookbook and we're going to like, I'm going to video myself and I have a friend who owns a restaurant. We're going to video like us cooking my friend, this woman's recipes and then put that into the cookbook. So not only will you get like the ingredients or whatever it is, but we're going to show you how to like properly like saute onions or like make a mirepoix or whatever it is. Um, so I'm like super excited about this project. Yeah. And that's like a book that's on iTunes. A, a very good friend of mine who was a traditional book publisher and has kind of morphed into this new world to um, call some coffee tablet books. Oh, that's which cute. I think is a great name for them. Can you imagine? I, this is off topic, but let's just—I like this coffee tablet thing. Can you imagine, like in the future, like probably you could do this now. 
instead of having just like books on your coffee table, you literally have like four iPads, each with one book on it, like on your coffee table. Yeah. And you just put like the, I'm just thinking of like this stupid thing because my wife would kill me if I suggested this. You get like three or four iPad minis or Amazon fires because those are, those are on sale right now. And uh, you just put one book on each. And you just keep it open on your coffee table. And people would be like, what's with the, what's with the tablets? And be like, it's coffee tables. It's coffee table book. And it's so funny. Yeah, coffee table. Well, absolutely. And it's sort of like uh, the Seinfeld episode where Kramer came up with his coffee table book that was a coffee table. So you add some legs to it and you can put coffee on whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going a little off topic. All right. So, so let's talk about creativity because um, – you know, we, we talked a little bit about answering questions and such like that, but obviously there's only so much of that well. Yeah. Um, you put a post on your on your blog uh, just a little while ago, back in October, about how to unlock creative ideas. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little? Yeah. Um, I think creativity is something that we all – like we all have ideas and we all can come up with ideas, but I think – it's really, really important that we find ways to see the world a little bit differently, see whatever we make differently, because otherwise um, it, we just become also rants, and that's not good. So one of the things that I learned, and I, I started out early, early on uh, in an ad agency, and I just, it was uh, one of those things, you know, you're young, you go into a brainstorm, you figure, yeah. You know, you want to come up with ideas, but everyone else starts talking. And I think um, some of the things you can do is you want to not be self-conscious. You want to make sure you, you speak up. I find for me, whenever I feel blocked, I, I take a walk somewhere. You know, just go for a walk, you know, with the, and make sure that my smartphone is in my pocket because otherwise, you know, the temptation is too good to look at it. And um, same could be true for running, swimming, meditating. Just do something a little different and ideas will come into your head. Um, you can free associate. So that is, you know, you have a subject that you're thinking about to do with your business and just write whatever comes into your head. And out of that, you might see ideas. Um, another thing to do is... Um, if you always do things a certain way, mix it up. So if you go to work a certain way, try going to work a different way. And you never know what you'll see and what ideas you can unlock. Right. Uh, we've talked about this before, and I actually talk about this a little bit in my book about it doesn't hurt to go out. I mean, granted, I don't go to the gym anymore, but it doesn't hurt to go out and just get a little bit of exercise to help free your mind to come up with new ideas. Um, I'm just taking some more notes here. Um Something else I want to talk about is uh, content pollution. Okay. And that is, um, it is important to be consistent, but I think you need to know yourself and to know what you're good at and to, and to really take a very hard look at all the stuff that you're producing um, from a critical standpoint and go, is this really amazing? Does this, you know, do something that, nothing else out there does. And if that's the case, you know, if and as long as you believe it, I mean, you got to believe it because uh, people can tell you, oh, that's full of crap, whatever. But that's when you put it up because there is so much junk out there and so much junk on so many websites and so many pages of garbage on websites that are forgotten but that are hurting SEO. So take a step back and don't put out junk don't pollute 
you know, with content, make sure that it's there to help people. That's good. That's a very strong message. I want to end on that. Okay. I do want to throw, I, even though I want to end on that, I do want to throw in one thing. Okay. You mentioned you were a stand-up comedian. I mentioned yes. I was a stand-up comedian. And I really feel that even though, I, I mean, I don't know what your tenure was. Mine was only a couple of weeks doing amateur shows. I really think that taking a class like a stand-up comedy class really helps, even if, you're, even if you don't think you're funny, it really helps you be able to do this kind of stuff, whether it's podcasting or creating content or coming up with ideas, because the one of the biggest fears humans have is being in front of other people. And when you have a product, you're the face of that product, which means you are in front of all of these people. And if you are self-conscious about that, you're not going to be able to provide them the answers they need. You're not going to be able to provide the content that they're looking for, and you're not going to be able to sell your product in the end. And I think that taking like a something like a comedy class, it doesn't have to be a comedy class, but that helps, um, allows you and helps you get over that fear. And I think once you get over that fear, uh, it's all, it opens your eyes and it's a whole new ballgame. Oh, yeah. I would say absolutely. Take an improv class because that gets you out of your comfort zone because you have to think on your feet. There's an agency in New York City, Peppercom, that um, the founder got into stand-up comedy, always wanted to do it, did it, you know, started in his 40s. And they do something called the Peppercom Comedy Experience where they use comedy in communications. And they actually give comedy workshops to clients and put them on stage and get them to be funny. It's really, really interesting. So, yes, absolutely do that because you know what? We're all in showbiz now, right. whether we like it or not. Somebody at South by, I don't think it was this past year, but someone was talking about how to market like a movie production. And that's the, yeah. yeah and it's kind of like the same thing. Like we're all in show business. We're all on the front line. We're all celebrities of our own products. Yeah, because we're media companies. We're producing things. Yeah. I call it the zen of content marketing. Uh, publishing production and publicity or promotion the zen of content marketing well embrace your inner peas i think you just so. named your your podcast episode yeah maybe okay <laughs> maybe, there I'm you gonna, go i'm gonna do that all right martin where can where can people find you online well people can find me on my website uh www.martinwaxman.com you can find me on twitter at martin waxman and i am a twitter holic you can pretty much find me anywhere under Martin Waxman, because, uh, you know, I've built up my Google juice through content. Anyway, it's great talking to you. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. I told you it was good stuff, right? So there's a lot to be learned from Martin uh, in terms of content creation and how to get your word out there. Like he said at the beginning of the episode, content isn't always about the written word. Sometimes it's audio, sometimes it's visual, sometimes it's white paper. You know, uh, if you could break it up and reuse it, there's a lot of different ways to create this content to amplify your product. And uh, I really think everyone at this point should stop and, and rewind the episode and listen again because it's such an important lesson on how to get your product out there. So I just want to say thank you to Martin for uh, for being on the show. And for everyone else who's listening, thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate every single one of you. I do appreciate all of those emails that I've been getting. Please do leave a review in the iTunes uh, review section. Those always help. Um, we're now on Stitcher, so I'm hoping you guys are listening on Stitcher as well. Uh, so we're on Podbean, Stitcher, 
and in iTunes, so you guys can hear me anywhere you want. Uh, so thanks all for listening, and I hope you guys have a great week. December is a big month. We got a lot of great interviews coming in, and uh, let's 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 make something great. All right, have a good one.